Welcome to Relay Chain, a podcast produced by Parity Technologies, where we discuss all things Substrate, Polkadot, and Web3. Welcome, 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 everybody. Today on the podcast, we have Shannon, Justin, and Ray from BitCountry. Welcome, guys. Um, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for the invitation, Jerome. Yes, my pleasure. Can you guys give yourself a quick introduction? Okay, um, sure. So I'll uh, jump in first. So yeah, my name is Shannon Christie. I'm co-founder and CTO of BitCountry. Um, I mainly focus on kind of like the metaverse aspect, the, the virtual world and all that kind of part where we're dealing with many different users jumping into the world that experience all the different ways that can be customized and things like that. So I think that gives maybe a little bit of an idea of kind of the part that I focus on. So maybe I can pass it over to uh, Justin next for an introduction. Cool. Thank you, Shannon. Um, hi, everyone. Hi. Um, thanks for the invitation, Joran. Um, So yeah, I think my name is Justin Pham, and I'm the CTO of um, BitCountry. So I'm more focusing on the blockchain development um, of BitCountry. So yeah, this is our main focus. Also, apart from that, I'm also doing some a lot of integrations on the port, um, you know, on the blockchain into our UIs as well as to other chain as well. Yeah, that's that's a little bit about me and my responsibility. Um, so maybe I can pass that to Ray now. Okay. Hey, Joran. Um, my name is Ray Lu. I'm taking the position as a CEO and also um, Android investor and a founder for this project. My role is to, you know, running the uh, you know business on a daily basis and then connecting with the partners, especially with the you know our venture capital communities. Yes, that, that's pretty much about me. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys, and thanks again for being here. I remember meeting Ray um, probably like in the middle of last year, um, right before I actually started working with Parity, um, you guys were a part of a hackathon that I was organizing and you guys actually won one of the top prizes. So I'm super glad um, to see you guys continue building and um, to have the opportunity to interview you guys today. And I also heard recently that you guys uh, joined the Berkeley Blockchain Accelerator. So huge congratulations on that. But yeah, let's jump right into it. Who wants to give us like a nice high level overview of what Big Country is? Yeah, I can give a go. Uh, so on Big Country, everyone can start their own metaverse with a token economy, NFT, and also community gamification process. So basically, like Jordan, you can create a Big Country, like a for example, Jordan Kingdom. So you can bring your friends and family, your fans over. So in there, people can earn your tokens can interact with you and your uh, the apps inside your virtual world. So you basically give a chance uh, to your community to earn your token and then so they can prove themselves they become your super fans. Uh, in there, you can also give some privileges to your super fans, such as, you know, allow them to auction the land in your virtual world so they can build on the land that you they, they already won. Um, so basically, in a nutshell, it's a tool of network for tokenizing your communities uh, and also allows you to bring people from Web 2.0, such as Telegram, Twitter, TikTok, you know, uh, to, to Web 3. Uh, so in there, you have token economy, you have a virtual world, virtual land. It's a totally different dimension. So, yeah, I think uh, so far we got a lot of attractions around uh, from KOLs. Uh, people expressing interest to uh, to join early access. We had about ten thousand people sign up within uh, ten days uh, for signing up the early access to create their own big countries with interesting names and wanting to bring their fans and friends uh, to join them. Yeah, so the KOLs will be interested to use this this machine network to automate a lot of engagement and grow their community. Uh, you know, with a with a new experience, which has never been done in the past. Awesome. When I hear about this type of project, I and I'm sure you guys get this all the time. I think of Ready Player One, like the the Oasis, and you, there's different different worlds that you can travel to. And so, how how close is that to reality, or how close is that, I guess, to your goal? Because I imagine you know it's quite a ways off still. Yeah, I will cover a little bit and then pass over to Shannon. Shannon is our kind of meta man. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
Big country is all about decentralization. You know, your assets, your moments, your your legacy, your world will be stored perpetually on chain on the decentralized storage. So that will convey an experience of perpetualized world. And also the immersive experience, apart from the perpetualized world, but also give you, you know, we have a plan using like a VR so people can be more immersed. And also uh, Shannon look into the meta-human technology using Unreal Engine. So one day we potentially can build a KOL or clone yourself or some parts of it and then have that in the virtual world. So yeah, so Shannon, do we wanna talk more about that? Yeah, sure. Thanks for that, Ray. Um, yeah, so I guess, uh, Joran, with your question. Um, so definitely for the future, uh, we have quite a few ideas in terms of how we would like it to, to go forward. We're, like Ray said already, we're looking at things like um, uh, using VR or augmented reality or any kind of thing like that that might be coming out in the future that we're maybe not aware of. Maybe the uh, link from uh, Elon Musk or something like that would be quite cool to check into when that's ready for primetime usage and such. Um, so having a way for people to get into that. But of course, in the meantime, we're working on more traditional ways, such as just having um, a 3D experience in your browser. So we really want to make sure that it's easy for people to get in. Um, that's one of the, the key value propositions and things like that that we're really focusing on when it comes to that aspect that you can jump in easily. You don't need to install anything. You don't need to wait for anything to download. You don't need to spend 20 seconds waiting for it to spin up or a minute or however long it might be, depending on um, which kind of system you're doing and how much detail you load in. So we really want it to be accessible, um, quick and easy for people to get in. So that's one aspect of it, but we also are working on enabling as much of a kind of like a customizable experience. So I guess um, kind of uh, relating it back to some of the questions and things like that as well is that each bit country has its own style, has its own theme. Um, it's really up to the owner of that bit country, the community of that bit country to decide how that looks what it develops like and all those kinds of things. So you could have ones that could be, if we were to use an example, maybe like sci-fi, we have other ones that may be a little bit more like um, medieval period if for some reason that's what they want. Um, it's really kind of up to them how they do that. Um, they could have their own kind of assets and stuff. And that's something that we really want to enable on kind of the metaverse side, the part that I'm often um, working on and focusing on is how can we enable people to create these custom experiences? Um, so part of that would be done with like smart contracts that could be kind of like um, linked into some of the things inside the world that could provide this behavior for events or other things. Um, and also I'm, I'm looking at, I already have kind of um, part of it designed like we did at, for that uh, a hackathon we got involved with earlier, as you mentioned, Joran. We already had part of this uh, block framework as we're calling it at this stage, um, which enables people to kind of create their dimension app or this D app in a way um, that could have an effect on the world. It could be spawning things in, it could be creating a, a race, it could be a treasure hunt, it could be all sorts of different activities. And we could picture and imagine quite a lot of different things there. Some of the ones that we've already kind of looked at would be things of uh, maybe like a farm, for example. Um, people could deposit uh, tokens into it um, and have a chance of creating some new NFT or something. Um, other things that we kind of imagine could be possible in the future could be um, a merchandise from someone, maybe you're selling an interesting shirt, um, if you're maybe a musician or something like that, for example, it could be doing music, it could be doing art pieces, um, maybe organizations and um, artists and other creators could be creating these things and having a place to present it in, the, in this virtual world for people to potentially purchase and see. And uh, I guess also to say is that uh, they're kind of related to each other, but kind of not. Um, each bit country, each uh, metaverse isn't necessarily one continuous space where they are all 100% uh, adjacent to each other. It's not like real world, you know, it's not like, okay, we've got like France right next to, to Spain or something like that. We have a relation to them, um, but you can expand as much as you want in your own space, kind of, I guess, picture like a pocket dimension in a way. Um, you have as much space as you want in your own place, um, but people can still be kind of like neighboring you. So that's where there's kind of some other parts and potential we can talk about later. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, let's let's talk a bit about that like now, I think, because there's this concept of the continuum, right? And I think that's kind of what you were talking about is like this space where you can have a block of land, you build whatever you want there, but you still do have neighbors. So so can you talk, tell me a bit more about how that works then? So yeah, with, with the continuum, um, it is kind of, I guess you could picture it a bit like a map in a way. 
where there are different spots uh, where people can potentially um, occupy. They can put their bit country there. So it doesn't necessarily relate um, as like, a, oh, your, your bit country is very large. So it takes up a lot of space. It's all kind of like contained. So each spot is always the same size as another spot. Of course, we are looking at a few things here on how potentially some of that could be uh, looked at in the future. But for now, we're thinking there's a spot and there's another spot next to it and your bit country will fit in there no matter how much you expand and things like that. Because uh, we want to have there to be a point to this continuum that you can be a neighbor of some other bit country. So you can have kind of like a neighborhood or a community really where similar bit countries would gather together. Maybe they're friends of each other or they just uh, follow a similar topic or overall kind of community or something like that, that we have a protocol in place uh, at the stage we're calling it the good neighborhood uh, protocol, the continuum good neighborhood protocol. And that would be a way for um, the neighboring uh, bit countries to have kind of a say in, you know, who gets to, to be next to me. If I feel that they don't necessarily fit uh, my community or what we kind of have in mind for our regional area, then we have the ability to have some say in saying, uh, I don't think this necessarily works. But there's kind of uh, quite a lot of room for people to, to potentially choose somewhere else. There is a, a protocol that we're looking at, so that will be coming out at a later stage for the testnet. We may not necessarily have it um, implemented at the same level, but that the spots could have uh, some scarcity to them, that they would be following basically a function that we have of how many uh, bit countries there are um, to determine how many spots are available people would then auction for these spots. And that's kind of where that good um, neighborhood protocol comes in. People can say, oh, I don't want you to necessarily get involved in this auction here for the spots. It's right next to me. I don't think we necessarily fit in the same kind of community atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. So that really gives people a lot of control over kind of um, the neighborhood and how it all fits together. Yeah, Shannon covers quite a lot. Uh, what I want to say is, so with that protocol, uh, we try to encourage, you know, uh, a natural development of a continuum. Uh, we want to see in two to five years time, we see that uh, clusters of communities, big countries, uh, they have a similar culture, you know, in a similar kind of uh, industry or mindset, you know, uh, you know, the crypto people get around or in one part on a continuum and um, you know, artists, you know, you know, taking big parts of the continuum. And the continuum is infinite, you know, you can imagine like a map, but it's really interconnected uh, spots of big countries. So that's an abstraction layer of the relationship of big countries. Yeah, we got a video that, uh, you know, people can play to see how the continuum portal works. Yeah, but I think uh, that's pretty much how, how it works from what Shannon said. Awesome. Yeah, I really like that idea of the the good neighbor protocol, and it really allows uh, people to uh, build communities and have a say in the development of the world. I think that's a, a really great step towards the decentralization and community building aspect of your project. And that's a part of a Web3 grant that you guys are working on, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I guess one thing I just wanted to quickly add while I remembered is when it comes to the, the different big countries and how they kind of relate to each other on Continuum and kind of um, inside them as well, we have the ability to kind of like jump from one to another. That's kind of how the neighboring part um, matters and has that aspect to it as well. If you're in a big country and you walk over to, we'll call it the east, it doesn't really necessarily make sense, but the easternmost side of it, for example, and to your right on the Continuum is another big country there, you would be able to see that there is that big country there and you could kind of like transport or teleport from one to the other to be able to enter into it. So that was kind of one of the things as well of having that kind of like relation to each other. So that, that, that's the part I just wanted to quickly add while I remembered it. But yeah, we are working on the next uh, milestone, which is really focusing a lot more on the continuum aspect. So we already have kind of like our proof of concept in development by the team uh, working on kind of like the UI and the experience. Again, a little bit kind of like a map where you can kind of see how everyone fits together, the whole process for voting and determining who gets to go into a spot and things like that. And Justin's really been focusing a lot in terms of developing the, the palettes and the blockchain aspect and stuff like that. So maybe I can pass it over to you, Justin, to talk a little bit about kind of um, the milestone continuum and kind of what's happening on that side. 
Well, thanks, Shannon. Yeah, I think as as Shannon and Ray mentioned for the next milestone, we're trying to deliver what the continuums, um, you know, protocol concept and good neighboring, um, you know, protocols that allows you know all the neighbors, you know, in the in the bit country, so they can have like they can cast a vote or they can um, you know, shape the future of how the continuum map, um, you know, will look like. Yeah, I think we are in in the process of of doing that. I think that you know, um, you know, thanks to to substrate, you know, and the whole ecosystems and you know the whole community um this is really supportive and we found as you know this is quite easy for us um you know to participate and to carry on with our idea to turn them into um you know into the product sweet i, I want to backstep a one one thing really quickly um when you were talking about going to the edge of one big country and then being able to teleport across like how i guess to use the buzzword how interoperable are the uh big countries like can i take items from one country to another um or like what what is kind of involved in that okay yep cool thanks for the question Jaron. Yeah, so kind of for each of the big countries, they are capable of interacting with each other and things like that. There's not just a, it's not like each one is its own separate blockchain completely disconnected from the rest or anything like that. It's all done with a lot of like pallets and things like that inside of our substrate node. So that's, uh, we do have some parts that are kind of quite local. They're specific to a bit country. So for example, they have their own, um, potentially their own uh, local currency. They have their own uh, governance and system that, deals with that in terms of what that big country does itself. They have kind of like their own rules and incentive um, system in terms of how they reward their community and all that kind of stuff. So they do have those aspects that are their own. But for example, if someone had created an NFT inside your bit country, um, they are more than welcome to take it out of your bit country, go to a completely different one and place it in there. And uh, we want to enable uh, different blockchains and such to get involved as well. That was one of the driving reasons uh, for choosing uh, Substrate and Polkadot and things like that, that a lot of uh, that work for being able to interact with the different chains is kind of a part of the platform. It's been built in uh, as a first-class citizen rather than uh, tacked on afterwards. So we want to enable that you could bring your NFTs from other blockchains, that you can bring them from other parachains, you can bring them from pretty much anywhere, as long as there's a bridge, potentially something that maybe we would do ourselves, or maybe it's like a community effort, people do their own bridges or something. But either way that we enable that kind of interaction between the different chains, so you can bring an NFT from one place and put it in another. So yeah, uh, we definitely want to enable trade uh, between different big countries that one could be producing content, maybe the other one enjoys purchasing it and um, being able to trade that on kind of like a global marketplace when they want to do anything like that. Wow. There's something just so exciting about that. I can't wait to, to get in there and play with it. You already mentioned a bit about building on Substrate, and I want to dig into that a bit more. You, you explained why you wanted to build on Substrate. It, it kind of lends itself more to interoperability and uh, scalability and being able to to send messages across chains. Um, I want to talk about a bit about the, the recipe that you used to, to make your instance. Like what kind of pallets did you use that were already built? And what kind of pallets are you developing yourself? I think you know, we touched a bit on the good neighbor protocol is that a pallet in itself yeah so i think yeah i mean uh, we already um you know mentioned about like there's a lot of benefits of, of using substrates and stuff like that or you know, in terms of like scalabilities and um you know like how we can send a cross-chain message um from our chain to the other i think for you know with the current um you know milestone that's we're trying to de deliver um i think we already developed um that's pretty much you know all the nfts and stuff like that you know with our flexibility um, as Shannon mentions, we're trying to, um, you know, build, you know, our custom palette. I think it's more flexible enough that we can, for example, the instance or the NFT, they can be tried locally or they can be tried widely across, you know, or different um, bit country on the blockchain. Yeah, I mean, we mainly thanks to the, um, the open web. Um, Web3 like runtime library. That's is um, you know they have a lot of like great library, like a common use library um, that we are currently um, you know build based on that. Um, but so there's a lot of extensibility. Um, there's a lot of like modifications that we currently make to make sure that is obviously to make the whole um, pilot you know metadata and all of the um, the structs and thing to work with our bit country. Plus you know we put into the consideration in the future that when we're building like a bridge or or, and things like that, we can just make sure that um, this could be like the standard for all of the NFT when they move into our country um, chain. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of, you know, as you mentioned, you know, with the ecosystems, especially in the frames, um, you know, library, there's a lot of great example there, um, obviously around like the voting, the governance and things like that. So there's a lot of, you know, great concepts that we can learn from and then we can extend that, you know, to make sure that is workable in our, um, you know, in our big country situations and, you know, the milestone. Sweet. I'm sure it's safe to assume that you 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 used the uh, the NFT palette from the the ORML and maybe made some changes to that. I think that's a really powerful aspect for any kind of digital space. Like it it gives a place to to now show off your NFTs. You can have your own little area and you can place things and people can come visit. Um, I think that's super powerful and amazing. And so you you mentioned a bit about um, governance. So how does that work with BitCountry and BCG? So we have uh, two tiers of uh, governance. You know, Polkadot Substrate is, you know, doing quite well with the governance feature on chain governance. So at the network level, like BitCountry chain, we have governance managing, you know, our development, you know, uh, development council and also BitCountry behavior council. Uh, we call it a continuum council. Uh, we also have a treasury council manage the order, you know, use of funds. Uh, at the big country level, uh, Justin's also building, you know, the sub council sub governance um, palette. That means, you know, in your big country, uh, your local social token holders can participate in governance. So that means you have a chance to decentralize your community, your own big country, and then having distributed, you know, tokens to your uh, to your members. And this way they can, you know, not only own your asset, land, but also they have a say uh, about what you want to do for your own big country. So that's um, that's our plan at the moment with the governance. So there'll be like a local governance to a singular big country. And is there a, a global governance to the continuum? Is that, did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. And the governance become our default features to audit, govern the whole network in terms of content, behaviors and the use of funds. So it's all going to go through the governance. Um, and so that, you know, it makes it possible for decentralization one day. So that in, in the future, all the token holders will be the uh, will be the boss of the whole network. And we want that big country become a perpetual community network, you know, out there just like uh, as close as to Bitcoin. Uh, so that there's no centralized governance, you know, you know, our co-founder team will be gone hopefully one day. So this whole thing just runs just like a part of the nature. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I think in, in like traditional uh, ways of thinking, like companies typically exit to, you know, make some, some big profit. But I think um, as we move th through the blockchain industry, it's now exiting to community. And I think that's a really uh, passionate way of going. Super cool. So let's talk more about NFTs because uh, I think that is that is something that really shines in Big Country. What do you guys think of like, the NFT space these days? So it's getting a lot of attention. There's a lot of projects now. Celebrities are getting involved. What's going on here? Explain this to me. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, interest going on for NFTs, which is really cool to see. So the thing is, we've been working with um, and working on BitCountry for quite a while as kind of like a proof of concept that actually goes back a, a few years in a way in terms of an idea of uh, what it could be. And as we kind of showed a little bit uh, during the hackathon we got involved with last time, we wanted to be able to give NFTs more utility, give more purpose and the places for you to use it. So one thing that we kind of think of at this stage, it kind of feels a lot like a lot of NFTs you kind of uh, purchase them from a marketplace or something like that, for example, and you put them in your wallet and I guess that's about it. They just kind of stay there until one day you list them somewhere else for someone to purchase. So we really wanted to be able to take that further. We wanted to give more practical uses in a way of NFTs. So inside uh, your BitCountry, inside your virtual world, you could be, if you are collecting NFT art pieces, you could be placing them inside your house inside BitCountry, inside your gallery on top of a mountain that you built or something like that, for example, somewhere that you feel is special that shows off the parts that you care about. So imagine like collectors could be doing like that. You could have almost a, a museum on uh, Bit, <laughs> BitCountry doing those kind of pieces and such. And we also wanted to have a protocol and uh, facilities in place to enable more interaction, to enable more activities to happen around those NFTs. So 
if, for example, um, you are an artist and you are creating your art pieces and, of course, you want people to see them, um, you could be doing things like having events or you could be doing things like having these kind of like functions or these behaviors inside your, your metaverse that could be attracting people to those areas. You know, um, they could be purchasing tickets to go into the uh, event to see things. They could be um, every time they go there and check it out, maybe something happens that might be cool for them. Um, and we really want to enable those kind of different experiences so that people have that reason to keep getting involved, keep staying engaged. But it's something that's up to you to kind of decide how you want it to be. You know, not every community or owner wants to do things in the same way. They have their own ideas on how they want people to get involved in their community. So we want to enable that experience. We want to give more purpose, more places for people to enjoy NFTs. And that was uh, really one of the big things that we want to to develop further and we've already done quite a bit of work there in terms of our uh, work with proof of concepts and even features that we've got further along than that um, to do that for NFTs, to, to really build that out. Um, we think that it's really a big market in terms of what can happen. Um, we've been thinking that for a long time, which is really kind of where the country and things like that came about from is that we like the idea of owning these unique items that can be traded and kind of used and things like that. So. Um, we're also kind of uh, looking at how some of the, the BitCountry uh, native entities, we'll call them at this stage, the things that are native to our parachain and pallets and stuff like that could potentially be more or less like NFTs as well that could be traded in other marketplaces like a BitCountry itself or um, a block within it or whatever the case might be. So some of these things, of course, it's still um, evolving exactly the specifics on those parts, but that's something that we're really looking at. Um, enabling people to do those kind of trades and such as well that that ownership the benefit of blockchain that it can it can't be tampered with it's something that people own those things and we can't do anything about it no matter how much we want to if something weird like that happens giving people that power and that ownership over their things inside the community that's super cool so who's kind of like i guess your first target audience who do you imagine using big country first who are going to be the first adopters and like i guess how is that going to ripple out into you know, mainstream media uh through our 10 days uh, market validation through referral programs we found there are a lot of interests from kols uh, people with uh, you know five thousand followers in their community uh, they found this is a great tool for them to entertain their fans and also grow their community by, you know, delivering a, a better experience, a more engaging experience by taking ownership and having a say, you know, getting attention from their KOLs. Yeah, so we've been working with a couple of people from the crypto space, uh, artist space, and also music, as well as gaming. We created a program called the Big Country Star Program. Uh, people sign out this program uh, depends on their size of community and the referrals, we can pick um, the top enlist the members to uh, fund their big country from our treasury uh, and then, you know, participate in the Genesis launch. Uh, so far, we got um, quite a lot of attractions and, and interest, uh, including some influencers in, you know, from Fortnite gaming games and also TikTokers um, and the artists, you know, AR, uh, VR space. Yeah, so the KOLs would definitely become our, you know, target of audience. And and for the layperson, what's a KOL? Influencers, key opinion leaders. Okay. Yeah, we we just learned a term, so we are keep uh, using I see, it. I see. Last week, since the last week. <laughs> cool. Well, it's in it's in my lexicon now. I'm going to use that all the time. <laughs> Very cool. So you guys, you have a test net. It's running, right? That it's two way. Is that is that correct? Yeah, the blockchain is live and running. Connect with Rococo. And uh, our D app, which is the UI interface, uh, is currently under development. We, I think, we about sixty-five percent to to testnet. Uh, there are a lot of things we are we're building uh, right now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a demoable. We already start demoing to to people to internal teams. Right, and I heard you guys have you have a very cool gallery thing going on for Chiba. Is that open? Am I am I like spilling the beans here? Do you, uh, can we talk about that? Um, yeah, I, I guess uh, maybe we can't share too many details. Um, I haven't really seen too much of it <laughs> publicized uh, around the place. Um, I mean, it is in the news in a few different places. I don't know how the public is necessarily going to be, but it is an event that's happening in China. Um, it was pretty cool to, to have someone from Paris come to us 
um, knowing what we were doing with BitCountry and the virtual world and stuff like that, and kind of uh, seeing that there was some kind of alignment in terms of what we're doing and seeing if whether or not we'd be willing and interested to get involved to help out um, with this virtual art gallery that they were working on. So the team was pretty excited to hear about the opportunity uh, to see, where, again, where we can kind of get involved in the community, see where we can kind of contribute and offer things back. So, yeah, we really uh, jumped on the opportunity to get involved. Uh, so we had a good bit of time going and developing up kind of the virtual gallery for it. It is uh, something that is accessible somewhere. I probably won't uh, share the URL for it. Uh, you might have to just pay attention to um, uh, for the events to see about that. But yeah, it was something that was pretty cool. We used uh, a lot of kind of like similar technology that we already used for BitCountry um, and kind of just adapted it more for use uh, for this art gallery where people could place their art pieces and things. So we mainly focused on the kind of like the virtual part, the, the 3D, because there are already other teams working on some of the other parts um, in terms of like the blockchain and API and stuff like that. So um, it really was kind of like a team effort from everyone involved um, in terms of that gallery. So it's pretty cool, again, to get involved with that to see where we could contribute. Yes. And I may or may not have been able to play around with that. And I, I can assure anyone that's listening, it's super cool. And if you get a chance to attend the event, I think you should check that out. All right. So like, say I, I want to start a relay chain country. How do I get going? What What is my first step? And for those that are listening, what's a person's first step to, to start creating their own big country? So once we launch, they need, they can just create a big country. And initially for each big country, you know, they can decide to, you know, how much land they want. And the land comes with a cost. They need to pay the BCG to purchase the land for their big country. And then simple like that. And then they can start inviting their friends come over and the friends will see, have different views. They have timeline view. They also have a 3D view. And in the 3D view, they can give their friends permission to co-build the whole world, or they can just using a template to build on top of it. Yeah, actually, I got my kids, uh, Jerry and Danny, start building some templates just for testing purpose. Mm. And I said to them, hey, this is going to be a really good business. You can build a beautiful world. Uh, that's my deal with them, paying $2 each to work half for me. I said, you know, your world can be worth more. <laughs> yeah, so they build a wonderful world with a Mars in the sky and, uh, you know, futuristic buildings on the ground, you know, digging out a, you know, a lot of... Uh, uh, hideouts, you know, like uh, tunnels and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. So that'd be a typical journey. It's pretty simple to start. And uh, on the test net, we have a faucet. You can get some BCGs and creating a world. And um, But on the mainnet, of course, you need to get a BCG token, uh, be able to do that. And uh, at some point, we also want big country can mint their own social token. Uh, we're probably having some criteria around you have to meet certain population. Uh, have a certain reputation. And when you're minting your own local social token, there's a minimum requirement. You need to lock away some BCGs so that, you know, and making your tokens more credible and actually uh, has a value on day one. So we try to avoid that people come here to just mint tokens start you know, speculate uh, like that. We want people to see the value and tangible value on day one because we put a lot of efforts into our BCG. Uh, we'll put it on a marketplace, on exchanges, so there'll be liquidity there. So natural value will be added to our BCG. So your social token will be worth value. And also, if the big country owner decided not to run this big country, to, to get decommissioned the whole big country, uh, your social token can be converted back into BCG. So that means you have a, a, a surety of the value of the local social token, no matter who minted. it. So that, that's uh, you know, how you actually start your big country. Cool. And that's by like an auction process, right? Like if there's like a particular slot open or a, a block open, people bid on that. And then that's where the good neighbor protocol comes in to be like, oh, well, I don't want this person. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, at this stage, we consider you can create a big country, you know, without uh, having a spot on the continuum. However, you want to, because we're going to have a benefits uh, to reward people to be on the continuum, to be a neighbor with others. Uh, by default, at the moment, you can create a big country in in a kind of underground world. <laughs> you know that means it's, it's not a visible continuum. However, when you're ready, when you grow enough population or members in your big country, 
And then you'll be able to, if you want, you can secure a spot on the continuum and decide to be your neighbor. And then you probably, you know, your neighbor like that because they see you are more credible. You already got some momentum going on there rather than the whole empty community. Uh, so that's we we make that option available so that you can do a late binding on the continuum. I see, I see. And is there any kind of restriction or limitation to how many people or you know avatars I guess can be in a bit country? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, in theory, there's no limit, but uh, in the virtual world, of course, you know, you know, in any gaming platform, there's a limitation with the concurrent users, right? Because people see each other. We've tested with a 50 kind of uh, concurrent user in a block, everybody running around seems to be okay, working quite well. However, they can be scaled, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we thought about, you know, we don't want to uh, make one room or one block overcrowded. We're probably putting some capacity of a block. Uh, if people want to get in, they probably can can get in, be uh, you know, waiting list or pay a fee to prioritize that. But uh, yeah, so there will be some kind of control over there. Uh, however, but you know, generally speaking, we want to people see that as many people as they wish. So that is imagine in a scene that you see twenty people building something together, and that would be like a quite an epic scene mm -hmm. under the under the moon. And then we had a video that Justin and Shannon was building. On a on a bridge and then building something and then jump together. That looks quite cool. It's like a like a ninja fight under a in a in a storm night. That kind of feeling. That sounds epic. I would love to see that video if you send it to me afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that that's really compelling um, to think of a community coming together to build the world themselves. Um, so that kind of brings me to my next question: Is like, what are the technical skills required to to build a virtual world. I mean, you said your your children are doing it, right, Ray? So I don't know. Like, yeah, uh, maybe maybe Justin wants to talk about the technical stack kind of required to build a bit country. Yeah, uh, let me cover basics. So we we are using a world uh, taking best of different kind of world system. We're using a voxel system to build. And also you can import any kind of 3D model built by Blender, import to the world, and you can place somewhere. So you got this feeling of voxel system plus uh, a realistic 3D model as a mixed. So the, the, the cool thing of that is as voxel system allow you to easily to, to create material and then lay them in a way like a blocks, right? And whereas the 3D model looks very realistic. Uh, that's all you need to do. People who can play games like a PUBG, Fortnite, Minecraft, uh, they all can do it. You know, my, my kids are eight years old and 11 years old. They spend hours on this. You know, now they got a good excuse. They're saying they're testers uh -huh. uh, to their moms <laughs> so they can spend time there. But we actually need them. They give a lot of um, uh, like uh, suggestions. They try to causing glitches. Mm. And they did Yeah, they, 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 they find so excited that they had it. They find a glitch or something. <laughs> um, you know, as Ray mentions, is you know, for the end user, um, that's pretty much like everyone who who know how to play games. They they can contribute to build bit countries and make like the, um, the country nicer, like building on the different blocks. And it's I think it's more about the creativity. All right, um, but in terms of like more complexity by user, like who wants to add more functionality into the asset or, um, you know, I, I think at some points before Shannon already mentions, like for example, if you could build a farms, um, so the farms, they can produce, you know, some sort of vegetables and stuff like that. So um, I'm not sure if, if we already mentioned about this, but, um, you know, I think so in our roadmap, you know, we allow more as like the high, not high end, but like for the developer to build like more functional, um, you know, asset to put into that country. So um, we basically, well, you know, in terms of like the technical skills, you know, we build, well, we, we planning to enable like the EVMs as well as, um, you know, like the Ink Smart contracts built on top of the bit country. So that's just like anyone who, who 
uh, would love to to build into courts and stuff like that. It can create a smart contract on Solidity compatible um, or on Inc smart contract to build the asset on top of that. And we open to ours, you know, some of the edge builds. Um, so that's as our game engines can speak directly with a smart contract. So they can activate, um, you know, some sort of functions or some executing some, um, you know, time capsule. So like we said, the ending blocks, numbers and stuff like that um, directly into the asset. So at some point in time, they will execute a function. So as much as like the user, they have more, um, not only to explain, but again, um, you know, buildings, more functional um, assets and models and stuff like that um, in the bit country. Very cool. Yeah. So from what I gather, it's like you can have a minimum viable country and you can you can just build it out of, with with voxel and um, that 3d imaging kind of software that you were mentioning and and that's enough to have a country but if you want to like take it to the next level so to speak you can start to uh, create your own smart contracts whether they be evm based or ink based and and that will run completely fine on bitcountry's platform as well yeah exactly yeah that's remarkable i love it I need to get all my my nieces and nephews uh, building on this immediately. We're going to start a company. Uh, we're going to start cranking out big countries. Yeah, we'd love to see the first country builder make a become a you know millionaire. Yeah, uh, on the big country network, I believe they can if they build a wonderful communities. You know, they can run those uh, D apps as a as a business. You know, the money goes to the treasury, all that stuff. So yeah. You know, it's not just a game or a dimension so people can have fun and co-build it. It's all about perpetuity, right? And, uh, you know, all the NFTs, their assets will be exist forever on a decentralized platform network. Also, your moments, your legacy, your world will be stored on the decentralized storage. So that means your big country will exist for hundreds of years if we purely decentralize ourselves. And then that means the world you build now, in hundred years later, your offspring, your grand grandchildren can still see your legacy, your moments, your signatures, your NFT around. Probably they can find some kind of uh, interesting gift from you in a smart contract, so that the third generation of uh, Bruins family can unlock the smart contract. You know, you can you can leave a time capsule. Wow. So all that things are all part of uh, our imagination. And that's quite achievable through our network. Wow, that just blew my mind. That's amazing. I'm super, I'm, I'm even more excited now about this project. Very cool. I think we're going to start to wind it down here. Is there any anything else you guys want to talk about? I know, Ray, you're a man of many projects. You've got uh, a few other businesses going on. Um, do you want to talk about Industry Connect for a sec, maybe? Sure. Um, you know, I, I love doing business. And I think, uh, you know, people ask me, my hobby is doing startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Industry Connect is a company I founded seven years ago. Uh, it's the main purpose to train people uh, and help them to start their tech career. Uh, it's currently running in seven countries, uh, having staff from, you know, different parts of the world. I just recently, you know, it's approved by uh, Singapore Information Media Authority. So students join um, Industry Connect course will be subsidized at least 70% for the fees. Uh, and also Industry Connect, we run the largest subtree program in partnership with Akala. And that program is endorsed by uh, you guys, Parity. And um, we also have the authority to issue the certificate with the Parity's logo attached to it. So yeah, that's it's going really well and helping a lot of um, graduates and career changers. People had a gap years in the professional career path, and over the years, you know, we have over you know, hundreds of companies hired at least one of the participants uh, in New Zealand. Uh, work with the Immigration New Zealand on the skill project, and and then we're also talking to you know had a conversation with the ICTC in Canada about how can we collaborate. They were still in discussion. Yeah, so you know that business has a Juanita and Carla uh, they're managing that. Uh, I'm not so involved much. Whereas you know since five years ago, I spent most of my time focused on our MP Studio, which is our incubator. Uh, the company actually incubated a big country, uh, uh, doing startups and. Uh, yeah, after Industry Connect with the uh, top students, 
we found another business called Amy, uh, which is a SaaS product managing all the you know after school care, tuitions, kids program, holiday programs. That again has a team of twelve people, you know, founded through some top students from the uh, education program, which was quite lucky that you know that through the uh, program I met a lot of amazing people, uh, and actually just uh, Justin and Shannon, they were my students uh-huh. many years ago, and. Uh, I took the cream or the top. And now here we go. This is the third time we launched a new startup with uh, amazing people from our education program. That's awesome. It's a testament to the quality of the, the programs that you have. And um, I can attest to the the Substrate Developers Runtime Engineer program that you guys have at Industry Connect. So uh, if anyone out there is looking to learn uh, how to build on Substrate, I highly suggest you check out that program. Shannon, Justin, do you have any final words for us? Any any topics we didn't hit on that you wanna you wanna mention? Yeah, well, I guess technically there's quite quite a bit to to talk about. I guess um, kind of on the previous topic that was just mentioned, um, as part of the Substrate Runtime Developer Academy, BitCountry is offering a um, optional internship as well. So if you happen to be heading there at this stage, we're we're offering that optional internship. So potentially you can. Um, if you happen to go that way, you might be able to get involved in the project to work on it a bit. Um, that's just something I'll just quickly uh, jump in in there with that because we're kind of like a community partner of the whole thing. And uh, yeah, then otherwise, I guess kind of to some of the topics I kind of covered earlier, I really just wanted to go a bit further that getting started with a bit country and getting into a bit country, the platform and stuff like that is something that we really want to make it as easy as possible. Um, so it's not like you have to be a developer or have to be this or have to be some crypto genius to be able to understand and get into it. Um, we really want to enable it for basically as many people as we can. So um, there's kind of like the simple uh, web interface and things like that. So people don't necessarily have to be um, set up with a blockchain wallet or any of those things to access some certain aspects of the platform. Um, so we really want to enable that kind of like two stage in a way that if you are creating your own big country, then of course you have to be uh, fully into the whole thing. You have to have your blockchain wallet. You need to be able to deal with cryptocurrencies and all those sorts of things and have an understanding of how that works. Um, but if you're just an everyday user and you're just joining into someone else's bit country, then you don't need to go near that stuff um, unless you're interested in going further and kind of getting more involved. But it can be kind of like a, a gradual onboarding. You can get involved. You can still check out the virtual world. You can still kind of check out um, uh, your, your favorites. KOL or whatever the case might be. Um, and then as time goes by, you might say, actually, you know, I want to start being able to do more. I want to have more of saying the governance or something. Then you can start adding in the blockchain aspect. So for kind of the main users, that's the process. It should be fairly straightforward. If you want to make your own big country, you do need to have a blockchain wallet, of course, to get started. Um, at this stage, we don't see any way around that, but I guess we can still kind of look at it and gauge it based on any kind of market response if we need to consider something else. But with it being such a fundamental thing that we need that ownership to be decentralized, I don't see how there's really any good way to achieve that at this stage um, that we can make sure that we maintain that benefit and the whole purpose of us being decentralized um, while still making it as easy as possible for people to get involved in the early stages. So that's kind of one thing I really wanted to touch on. We kind of mentioned about uh, uh, the developers and things like that. So I imagine that there could be a lot of different ways that uh, different people would get involved with BitCountry. There could be people that do the smart contract development. They could be making these uh, these apps, these dimension apps that other people who maybe aren't so technical could be purchasing uh, or getting them for free or whatever the case might be and placing them into their world to get some of that functionality. So if you're not necessarily the best um, world builder or the best 3D model or the best sound creator or whatever the case might be, um, you can go to other people that have done those things and you can place them into your world. So you could have more like a template system. You could t- take pre-made assets and place it in um, for you to get that kind of experience. But if you want to go that bit further, then you can do it yourself. You can make your own models. You can make your own sounds and all sorts of different things. So I imagine there's a lot of opportunities there. Um, we really kind of see that we want to enable the access of many people. This is kind of another new opportunity for the world, a new place where entrepreneurs can be born and have more opportunities. And how could you do your business if you're a 3D model and maybe you want to get involved with making models for the platform or maybe you just have it somewhere else and you want to be able to bring it there as well or you're a developer and you want to get involved in smart contracts, but you don't necessarily want to do all the other aspects. So there, there's quite a lot to the platform. Um, but we really want to make sure that it's that kind of easy and smooth experience for the majority of people to get in and lots of opportunities for people to 
find that new business for themselves, find that new opportunity to, to have something exciting or something new going on. So um, I think that's pretty much the main thing I wanted to cover. What Shannon mentioned is, is, is pretty much, you know, well, most of the um, the goals and the things that we're trying to make the big country, um, you know, to become. Um, and I think, yeah, from the development teams and, you know, all the technical team, we're just trying to ensure like our open protocol, um, plus, you know, like bringing like the whole engines, um, you know, into like the blockchain, this makes more, way more accessible, um, you know, to the traditional user so that they can onboard into, um, you know, the Web3 kind of like the trains and stuff like that. Um, so they can get into the line of Web3, you know, I think it's way more easier. Um, and yeah, so, you know, we're looking forward to see more and more, um, you know, like users that are going to be more successful in the pit country. Awesome. Where can people find you guys? Where should, uh, if people want to follow your, what you're building, where can people find you? Yeah, the best place um, to uh, draw, uh, follow our Twitter account, bit.country, or just search space in country and you can find us. And also we run two public programs. One is the early access uh, is currently on our website. So you can just uh, type the URL bit.country. You can see that on the homepage. If you wanna go extra miles, you can apply for the ambassador program, which will give you, if you got selected, you, there will be uh, NFT from our Genesis collection. Uh, we do run an internal referral program for um, BitCountry Star Incubation Program. Uh, it's by invitation only, and you can you know uh, get an invitation code from your friends. So that's for KOLs, uh, key opinion leaders. So with a larger community, if they're interested to join the program, once they get selected, will fund their big country uh, in the Genesis era through our treasury. So yeah, follow uh, Twitter followers, early access ambassador and KOL. If you are an influencer, really interested to get more information about how the KOL star program works or want to get a code, you can email us at hi at bit.country. So that's hi at bit.country. Great. Well, I want to thank you guys again for um, coming on the show and, and talking about BitCountry. Yeah, I was I'm blown away with what you guys are building and I can't wait to see it continue and um, be live. Awesome. Thanks for your invitation and the opportunity to speak. Thanks for joining us this week on Relay Chain. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the subjects we talked about today. So please reach out to us on Twitter at Relay Chain or by email podcast at parody.io. The team at Parity has some of the brightest minds working towards building a robust and inclusive ecosystem that puts power back into the hands of its community members. With cross-chain communication as a primary goal, we aim to break down the tribalistic barriers that have formed throughout the blockchain industry. If you want to learn more about what we're building, or if you want to join our team, visit our website at parity.io and sign up for our newsletter at parity.io newsletter.